What is up, Next Level fam? Thank you so much for joining another episode of Health Explained. I'm your host, Alexis Smith, and today we'll be talking about health screenings. I have Dr. Christine Wan back with me today. Dr. Wan is not only an Associate Medical Director here at Next Level, but she is also one of our fantastic on-site clinic physicians. So her expertise really lies in all things primary care. Thanks so much for being here, Dr. Wan. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. So today we're talking about screening tests, which I think a lot of people are either scared of or simply don't think they're at the age to start. So why don't we just begin with the question of who exactly needs screening tests? Are there different screening tests for every age? Right, so preventative medicine or doing screening is important um, for everyone of all ages. Um, The biggest thing I, I wanna emphasize probably is the latest change we had in screening tests was for colon cancer. And we moved the age, the experts moved the age from 50 to 45. Um, So that's something that's in the news. Um, Wow, what prompted that, do you think? Um, I think there's actually data showing there's more colon cancer in younger folks. Um, A good example is the actor that was in Black Panther. Um, He passed away, unfortunately, of colon cancer in his 40s. So um, they think they're not sure why this is affecting younger folks. Um, And certainly if people under 45 have symptoms that are concerning regarding their digestive health, they do need to visit with their doctor. Um, So they thought that if they could move the screening down earlier, we might catch things earlier. Got it. So when it comes to... um, screening tests for for those younger than 45 you know what is the earliest that you really start these screening tests and what kind so we kind of finish out our pediatric age up to 18 so 18 and up is what we're going to talk about today so in my head i kind of divide everyone into about uh, four to five groups so the first group 18 to 30 age um you know these should be healthy young adults most of this age group doesn't think about going to get a testing done or physicals But this is a good time to get to know your doctor and do a few things that might help you later in life. So those things might include doing your vital signs, your weight, your height, blood pressure, um, maybe doing some lab work to screen for any sexually transmitted infections, because a lot of people do start to become sexually active in this age group or have different partners. Um, Diabetes and cholesterol screening are also considered because some people um, do have very strong family history. And unfortunately, we are diagnosing younger people with some of these um, metabolic issues as diabetes and cholesterol. Um, So the visit sometimes also, like I said, is just getting to talk with your doctor or healthcare professional about maybe some of your lifestyle habits, smoking, drinking, things like that, that might need some adjustments. (laughs) A lot of people do um, try different things out in this age group. Um, Also, we talk about things like getting vaccinations that might help prevent any illnesses, uh, tetanus shots, flu shots. Um, There's the human human papillomavirus shot that's needed to help prevent certain cancers that some of those are indicated in this age group. Um, And then also another thing that affects a lot of folks in this age group are mental health issues that start showing up. Um, The young adult time is is a lot of changes and a lot of things that can affect mood and behavior. 
And then for women, uh, specifically age 21 and up, we do start doing um, pap smears to look for cervical cancers and um, do pelvic exams for them. Wow, so that sounds like a lot of doctor's visits. <laughs> do, do, do you have to set up appointment with, appointments with a bunch of different physicians, or is there one type of physician I can go to and get all of this done? Right. So a really good place to start is always with your primary care physician. Um, so most adults will see like a family doctor or an internal medicine doctor. A lot of women end up using their OB-GYNs as their primary care doctor. And certainly those are good places to start. And most of the testing and the evaluation can be done with them to start off with. And then they can decide if you need some other to go other places for other um, issues. Makes sense. So kind of moving on from, we just talked about 18 to 30, what's the next group? Um, so the next group is uh, the 30 to 45. So the, the grown up, the real grown ups, I guess. <laughs> You're more grown up when you have to settle down. And um, so a lot of the same things in the, the previous group, the younger group I mentioned, those same issues may still be present. Um, this is where we do unfortunately start to see some of the diseases that run in families show up. So it's important to really talk to your family members to find out what runs in the family. And then for some women, we do consider starting to use mammograms for breast cancer. Uh, we don't screen a lot regularly when women are young just because the breast tissue is denser and it's just harder to see stuff. Um, but some women, unfortunately, do have cancer show up in their 30s and early 40s. So we, we have a discussion about if it's right for them to start screening. When you talk about family history, is that just immediate family members or who? how far out should you go when you're asking about um, the, these uh, family medical history? Right, so I would think about parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, and we're looking for things that affect people certainly maybe younger than 50. Those are the, the super red flags, but then it's okay. also other other things that might be useful to find out. So like. When you gather with family, someday we will after COVID for holidays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, certainly, it's it's great to pay attention to what people are talking about, even though it might not seem that exciting <laughs> to listen right. to Aunt Mary's arthritis <laughs> medicine stories. <laughs> so um, after 45, you, you already kind of talked about um, colon cancer screening, but what else is there to consider? Um, so this is unfortunately when we start to see a lot of diseases show up and people do start to have health issues. Um, we see cancers showing up in this group, so the, the colon cancer screening is important. Um, breast cancer in both men and women. Um, for women, generally, the, the regular scheduled screening is every two years. That's for mammograms? Mm -hmm, yes. Got it. And then our senior group, so 65 and older, um, what do they need to add into that, or if anything? Yeah, so if you've made it up to 65 and you don't have to see your doctor all the time and you're just coming in for checkups and you don't take medicine, that's awesome. <laughs> that means there's a high chance you, you won't be adding in medications <laughs> or having disease. But we do continue um, the same things we do earlier, plus, you know, to make sure they're, they're doing their follow-up screenings um, for colon cancer, like let's say they, they had one 10 years ago, then they're going to need one again. Um, or if they had a, a finding on something to make sure that test is followed up. And um, 
then the elderly, the top group, 75 to 80 or 100 or however far we want to go. Um, the screening tests may be um, still useful, certainly if someone's very active and functional to, to do a lot of these screening tests, but some patients may choose to not do as many because um, they just feel like they don't feel like doing it anymore. Or they've had a lot of negative, let's say, pap smears, then you know you don't really need to do those anymore. It would be a good discussion with a doctor to have. Now, this most elderly group, we do pay attention to a lot of the functional status. So how are you hearing? How's your vision? How are you managing your activities of daily living? You know, are you getting, are you able to take care of your house or to do your grocery shopping, things like that? Um, are you wobbly? Are you, you know, at risk for falls? So those things we pay attention to a little bit more in this upper, upper tier. Right. Are there any screening tests that as a primary care physician that you feel are pretty uh, neglected uh, or neglected more than others. <laughs> yeah. So I think certainly some people don't want to deal with anything until they have a symptom. But if I were to say which one people avoid a lot would be colonoscopy. Um, and for that's for the colon cancer screening. And mm -hmm. I think people get scared because it involves a day where you have to drink the stuff and it makes you go and empty your colon. And then you have to go the next day and have a procedure where a camera is put inside you. So that takes time and <laughs> effort and, and energy yeah. to do. So a lot of people just don't want to think about it. Um, I think when I heard that the age got moved to 45, I was like, oh man, but you know, <laughs> that that's what we're trying to do is prevent stuff. Yeah. Now there are alternative tests like for the colon cancer screening that aren't quite as invasive or involved um, that you might want to discuss with your doctor if you're interested in. There's one called a fit and a fit DNA test. Those involve like a kit you do at home. Okay. You can collect your sample and mail it in. So that's certainly less invasive. Um, but it's important to have that discussion with your uh, healthcare provider. Do you think that those alternative tests are as accurate or, or who would you recommend those for? Well, I think if it's someone that's like lower risk, like they don't have a family history or they don't smoke, um, they don't, you know, have strong, you know, risks for it, then that those might be appropriate. Or like in the times where colonoscopy isn't as easy to do, for example, like during the COVID pandemic, a lot of elective procedures aren't being done. Yeah. So these are good alternatives. They have to be done more often than a colonoscopy, but they might be the right choice for a patient if you think that they'll never get a colonoscopy done and, <laughs> and this might be an alternative for them. So aside from I'm quarantining, what's the excuse you hear most from people who haven't <laughs> been keeping up with their regular screening tests? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's denial or that their family history doesn't have any of that, so they don't need to. And that's kind of a myth because, for example, like breast cancer, 80% of breast cancers happen in people without a family history. Wow. So that's not really a good excuse to skip out on a mammogram because you're, it doesn't run in your family because unfortunately, 80% of cases don't. Okay. And what do you think is the best way for keeping up with all these screening exams? You gave us a, a lot to look into. Um, do you have a kind of a calendar or a tool that you would recommend? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think even for us, sometimes it's hard to keep up because there's changes all the time. Right. Um, you know, certainly use your own physician as a resource. Um, I found a nice one online called My Health Finder. Mm -hmm. um, and it all you have to do is enter your age, gender, and there's two questions, and it'll kind of take you through um, a few things and then you 
it generates a list of what you need for your age group. So um, the website for that is www.health.gov slash myhealthfinder. Perfect. And I'll put that in our um, podcast description as well for those who want to check it out. Um, lastly, just to kind of wrap up here, why do you believe it's so important um, that that we ensure we're getting screening tests regularly? Well, I think um, we're trying to either look for issues or roll out issues or nip things in the bud, get things started early if someone does need treatment for something we find. Um you know, so much of this is finding someone you trust and you can talk to about your health and your body. Um, you know, Dr. Google is great, but Dr. Google has a terrible bedside manner <laughs> and you have, you can spend a lot of time internet going down rabbit holes and, and reading really scary things. But, um, if you, if you have a relationship you can build with a physician or your healthcare provider, that is a key to good health and to improve your quality of life and continue that quality through your whole life. Well, thank you so much for all of this information. Um, I do know you have your own podcast. Can you um, share a little bit about that? I, I definitely, um, you just did one about colonoscopies, right? And colon screening. Yes. Um, so I'm around the age where I have to do that. So that's what prompted <laughs> that little a bit of information and research. So yes, my podcast is called One MD. It's on Apple or Spotify. It's very short. I just do little interesting things um, about health. Awesome. Well, everyone, be sure to check out Dr. Wan's podcast, One MD. And thank you so much again, Dr. Wan, for joining me on Health Explained. Here we go.